The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. Yeah, I've always been on pens, yeah. so it's obviously slightly different to being on a pump. Have you always been on a pump since your diagnosis, or did you change over to... A pump from pens. I changed over to a pump from pens. So when I was first diagnosed, I was on MDI and I was on Lantus, so insulin glargine for the basal and Nova Rapid. And then what was happening with me is I get dawn phenomenon, like I just said, on a pump now. I, I have my most amount of insulin from like midnight through to about, what, six in the morning, six, seven in the morning. Mm. So when I was on pens on a, on the glargine, uh, the Lantus, I was managing to get that stable but then throughout the day, I'd have a lot of hypos. And then if I was dialing it down so I didn't have a lot of hypos throughout the day, I would get the dawn phenomenon and, and wake up high. So what I did is I tried to set out on a little mission to get an insulin pump, and they said, right, you need to go and receive it as, as your long-acting, as your background mm. insulin. So I was like, right, sweet, I'll try that. But kind of the same thing happened. Uh, so I was like, right. And then by that time... I just managed to like dig my heels in and get an insulin pump for that very reason. Um, that's why I wanted one to sort sort those that that basal insulin out. If that makes sense. So, do you think you would ever go back to pens? I that's that's the most asked question I get is why don't I use a pump or why do you use insulin pens? A lot of diabetes management tech in types of insulin or whatever we use to manage our diabetes. It all comes down to personal preference. Mm. Well, vast majority of the time. Mm. I know I would keep things level with with a pump, but I keep things level with a pen. And yeah. personally, I much prefer using pens. Yeah. So it's not like one is good and the other is bad. It comes down to your routine, your daily activity, how comfortable and confident you feel using these types of tech. But I actually, again, going back to your Instagram, I think you even said... That was one of the most asked questions you've had too. Why a pump? Why not pens or vice versa? Yeah, you're definitely right in that. And like, it is a personal preference. And you know what, mate? You know what I'm very tempted to do now? I actually toyed around with this idea a few um, a few months ago. I'm tempted to go back on pens for a little test for a few weeks. 
I might just do that, you know. It's going back into the jungle. I might just... <laughs> I'm coming for you, son. We're there. <laughs> I might, I might you know just do should, that. What we should do, what would be cool to see the results as well. And I was talking to Catherine Brady, another diabetic friend I have, yeah. about doing something similar to this. To see the effects of a pump and insulin pens, mm. but do the exact same thing throughout the week, train the same way, yeah. eat the same food, sleep the same times. Yeah. That'd be cool to see. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna do a little test. I'm gonna I'm gonna ring up my doctors and I'm gonna get some pens and probably from next week I'm gonna go on and do a little test. So I'll post that over my socials as well and I'll keep you updated with what yeah, happens. Definitely. Yeah. But I'd say for me yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to try this little test. But what I might consider doing is getting some Levermere. Um, and I don't know, what, what background are you on? Oh, I'm on Atlantis. I've Atlantis. always been on right. Atlantis. Right, so yeah, the the, the Glargian, isn't it? So I think I've still mm. got some pens of that. It's probably out of date, though. Kids, don't take it to the door. <laughs> Kids, don't. We're not promoting out-of-date insulin. Don't do no, it. No, no don't. Um, don't do anything these days. This, this, is just, this is only from our own personal experience. Yeah. Do not do what we tell you to do. Oh, God. Oh, but, no, just that you speak about analogies, I, I suppose, similar to yours with the, the foundations of a house i view your basal insulin like an anchor of a boat mm. you know and the anchor is going to keep you somewhat steady even though the boat's going to rock up and down up and down up and down yeah so your your bolus is kind of like the fine tuning yeah and then the base and the core of everything is your basal and i think a lot of people can come can come across issues with their basal dose but I suppose not even realize it. They could be having ups and downs, ups and downs, or more lows, more highs, and not be aware of the fact that this could be an issue with their basal insulin. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are taking certain amounts of insulin, obviously because they've been told, but they don't understand why they're taking those amounts. Mm. And they don't understand how they can adjust them themselves to benefit their management throughout the day. And I think me and you have a similar sort of idea in that we have to be our own doctor in a sense. Mm. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to what your doctor say. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is the vast majority of the responsibility of the condition and living with type one diabetes comes down to us every single day comes down to us. What are we doing every day? That's going to benefit our management. If our insulin requirements change, it's likely that that will happen. But we may only see our doctor every six months, every year. So we need to educate ourselves like we've been talking about previously and understand that, look, we have the power to make these sorts of changes that work for our own health, that are in our best interests. And I think that's why it's so important for people to build confidence around their diabetes management to be able to make these sort of changes yeah i i definitely definitely agree with that like especially when when we're diagnosed we always get sent off right try this amount try that amount and then we only get to see like dsn's endos or what have you like maybe what for 30 minutes or an hour every month for every few months and there's so mm. much of a time around that that you've got to kind of just build confidence in making small tweaks and getting data 
and knowing where you're going with it and educating yourself. And you're right, like what you say about like the basal insulin and stuff. I'll be honest with everyone. Like as soon as I start to work with a client, that is the first thing that we look at because that's underpinning everything that we, we layer on in terms of managing the glucose levels after that. Yeah, it is that base. And I think to have a good understanding of even how to calculate that, it's important. Mm. So do you use the rule of 500 for bolus, rule of 1800 for a correction dose? And what is it, 0.55 by your weight in kilograms for total daily insulin? Mm. So that's just coming off on my head. So <laughs> you're thinking, no, I've not used any of them. So with myself oh. personally, years in well, when I was diagnosed 12, 13 years ago, I was told given a certain amount, and then I just kept an eye on my numbers, self-educated a mm. little bit and got other bits of information and then made tweaks along there. When I went on to a pump, um, I just did the fasting basal rate test and kind of made tweaks along there. And I'm still tweaking stuff to this day. Um mm. and then there's one thing that I do with clients because when people like come to us to work with us, they've already got some sort of baseline levels there. And we just mm. like help him from telling them what data to look at, um, you know, making small adjustments, fine tuning and stuff. And then I think a good thing that I've always found with myself as well, for like, say, for example, testing insulin to carb, is I would personally, I stuck with one to 10, one unit of insulin per 10 grams of carbs. I give that and I have a very basic meal. So it might be like, a sandwich with 30 grams of carbs, 20 grams of protein, five grams of fat or something that I know is just going to be released sort of there. And then it's not going to linger around, not too much fat, dead basic. And I injected three units when I was testing my insulin to carb ratio. Check my levels two hours after, three hours after. If I was in range, cool, I've got it right. If I drop too low, I've given too much. If I spiked and didn't come back down, I've not given up. And that's the most simple and effective way that I've tested myself, if that makes sense. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.